Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is... You can tell me anything. Um, uh, we are nearing the end of the year, and um, I am looking to make some changes next year. Um, don't know exactly what those will be yet, but um, given how um, much has changed this year, I really want to con continue con connecting with you, confidants, and um, be able to have a platform, um, but I'm looking to possibly um start something new so look out for that um but i'll definitely don't worry i will not be going away hopefully uh <laughs> not by my own wishes at least um i guess if i do go away um you can assume that somebody dragged me away anyways not to get too dark um okay so a <laughs> couple quick announcements um this is uh, one of the last episodes of the year i believe we will be doing another one next week um but i am planning to do another end of the year clip show right around new year's um but we will be going on hiatus um uh, most of the holidays so um i'll let you know when it's the last episode but um if you want to stay connected or talk to me on social media or email or the discord you can join the discord the link should be in the bio in the instagram you can email me tell me anything pod at gmail.com and say hi um speaking of the holidays uh i know i keep hinting at new stuff and then getting really distracted by the mountain of work and crazy stuff happening in my life but um what i can say is that i will be putting out some limited holiday cards um that uh you can buy if you want so that will be on my website theresaleecomedy.com slash shop i'm really trying to get that up by the time this pod comes out but as of today which is monday when i'm recording it it's not quite ready yet so um i will let it be known when it is but that will be at theresaleecomedy.com slash shop and um that's that's it those are the announcements um i always want to hear how you guys are doing so shoot me a message let me know respond whatever or just you know think it telepathically um i'm sort of psychic you know enjoy this episode i enjoyed talking to james the third um a really funny great comedian who i've known since way back when i first started doing stand-up um and have been wanting to get on for a while so um i really enjoyed our conversation and i hope you do too bye you can tell her you can tell girl father long legs this is uh, daddy t wow i forgot my own intro i gave myself <laughs> these nicknames but one day there will be merch i hope if well <laughs> if i ever you know make more than a hundred dollars doing this podcast um but very excited to have my guest on today i've been trying to get him on for a while and this is one of those situations where like the pandemic actually maybe helped make it easier to schedule because i know uh we tried to do this before and he's, he's just so popular and successful that he's oh, wow. booked all the time um <laughs> and uh, so let me introduce him he's written for all of that you've seen him on netflix and astronomy club and i believe he has a couple other projects coming up because i always see a bunch of like exciting like i just booked this i just booked this um <laughs> so you can follow him on twitter and instagram to get all that his twitter is james third comedy but give it up for james the third Woo! What's, What's up? Yeah, <laughs> that I was get, a great intro. Oh, thank you. I get really into stand-up intro mode. Well, you did stand-up. I feel like I one did. your show was one of the first stand-up shows I did. Oh my God, was it? Uh, like, was it? I think it was uh, at the 
the pit lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said the show there, right? Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I, I don't, that makes me feel good. <laughs> I think it's like not um, – I, I feel like this is a thing comedians do, and I, I for sure I'm guilty of this, which is to act like you've been doing comedy for longer when you haven't, and then <laughs> – when you've been doing it a long time, act like you haven't been doing it a long time. Right. It's like, oh, I just started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you've so, been doing it for 10 years. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> I know. So I probably just dated myself. But I'm pretty sure when I did your show, it was like early enough where I was like, I should tape this. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's like yeah, year yeah. one, you're like, I got it. And then you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel good just because, like, I feel like my time doing stand-up was like, why did I, why was any of that a thing? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, why did I try that at all? And to know that, like, one of your first shows was at a show that I was doing makes me feel good. It's I like, oh, that. but it, someone got to do one of their first shows then, <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, I can feel good about that. It is that it's, it's. I think the tape exists somewhere in an archived YouTube. Um, but well, I, before we get too far, because I feel like there's so much I want to catch up with you and talk to you about. But I like to start with a good confession, just to start on a positive note. So yes. James the Third, is there anything? Yeah, good you want here's to a, I think this is a, a positive confession. Is I was super into Cash Money Millionaires as a kid, uh -huh. um, and then but I thought it was making me super angry. And then my mom was telling me that, like, she actually was trying to get me to stop listening to it. And the next thing that I got into was S Club 7, the polar, <laughs> <laughs> the polar opposite okay. of that. Um, and it just feels like uh, and the and I'm remembering now that the first album I ever bought with my own money was S Club 7. So I Is feel it like I never had a dream come true one. Uh, no, it was the one before Never Whoa, Had a Dream. Oh, you were on S Club 7 before that? Oh, yes, wow. Yes, before so you are a trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that, like, that both of those things about me are true. That, like, I was super into, like, very hardcore Southern rap. Uh -huh. and, then, <laughs> and, and also S Club 7. I love that. And I feel like, I'm sure we'll touch on this more, but this is one of the things I was like, oh, I hope we get to this in the interview because, um, you and I, like, I feel like through our Twitter, because we, we knew each other from, like, UCB and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I moved to L.A., and so I think through Twitter I've come to understand, and maybe, I don't know if you'll feel the same, but, like, that we have very, like, similar niche, yes. uh, <laughs> niche, like, Absolutely. tastes, like, in pop culture. Like, and when I say niche, I mean, like, I'm, I think you were, like, the only person to like an Ionesco joke I made, and you specifically <laughs> said you liked it because of that. So I was like, okay, I, I, I yeah. see my people, like, <laughs> and, and you saying that music thing um, rings really true to that because, I mean, not those exact references, but for me, I was like very much like a teeny bopper, but I was like teeny bopper, then angst, and then like hardcore rap. And I was like, I feel like as an adult, to me, I'm like, oh, bisexual vibes. But maybe it's just yeah. maybe it's just '90s vibes. Maybe like we all grew up in this time when we were so like things are categorized, and we were like, well, I want all of it, so just right. give it to me. <laughs> Yeah, because it was like you either identify you were there was like one thing that was you, or you were like, no, I do all of the things. Yeah, you know? but like, it, it was still stratified. It wasn't like now <laughs> where Gen Z TikTokers are like, oh, I can just be everything, and it's like a hybrid. Right. We had to be like, this is the day I dress goth, 
This is an address prep. I'm I'm swimming in my giant pair of pants and white t-shirt and like t and sneakers and like I'm I have a do rag in my back pocket. Like yeah, that. There were I straight up would alternate. I'd be like goth today, prep tomorrow. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, it's just fashion. But I think people are like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> what were you like in a clique in school growing up? Um. Yeah. I mean, we were not the coolest but yeah there was you know there good because like... that would mean you were an asshole no i'm just kidding but usually <laughs> the popular kids with a few exceptions um tend to but, not be the nicest but yeah there was a crew of us there was like four of us um and it, it we were we were kind of like you would say like a diverse group of people like uh-huh. <laughs> you know there was like the christian and like <laughs> the the gay guy and like the black guy, you know, like we were like, uh-huh. <laughs> and you were the Christian, right? No, no, oh I, I was, <laughs> I thought I, there was a period of time where I was like, I'm very, I'm wildly Christian. Um, but I wasn't, you mm. wouldn't call me the Christian. That know? checks out to me because it's interesting how comedy will, and comedy, that is comedy's job to like, kind of talk about the taboo and taboo. I said that so weird. Religion tends to at least traditionally, earlier generations be this thing that's quote-unquote taboo so I think it makes sense that comedians often shit on religions and Christianity is one of the big ones so even through comedy I've been like there's this assumption that everyone hates on Christianity but I think even in doing this podcast um tons of people in comedy have come from either very religious backgrounds or still are in it or very um or almost extreme culty situations mm-hmm. and I, that checks out to me because it's not the religion itself or the institution it's this need to belong and this search for it which drives i think a lot of people to comedy and art and so i think a lot more people than we realize have gone through a quote-unquote christian phase or a religious phase or a faith you know very very deep in one specific view faith phase in comedy yeah yeah, absolutely. And especially, and, I, and it does, like what you said, like, because there is so much, like, anti, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Christian or establishment, like, comedy, that it feels like we're all, like, heathens, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a very binary view, which, like, just in your intro, we see that it's not like that. Um, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Braylock from Astronomy Club as well, when he, he talked about, he, when he did this pod, talked about... Um, his religious upbringing, which I'm sure you guys have had many conversations about. But yes, we have. Yeah. Um, but I just <laughs> yes, think Yes, we have. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're like, that's, you've heard his monologue. He gives out auditions all the time. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I found because I didn't grow up religious, but I, so many of my friends, I feel like, share those, like, the, like the questions, maybe not the answers, if that makes sense, which yeah. is what I love about plays because I feel like in a lot of plays, they're asking the same questions that a lot of these like faiths ask um but they don't answer it they let you watch it and answer it and right of- it's also it's often upsetting if a play does answer oh yeah like, then you're this like, is I the answer to like, you. like yeah <laughs> that's how i feel watching david or russell movies like yeah two like the first two acts i'm always like yes love it give it to me like cool stylized good structure tight writing and then the third act i'm like what you can't just tie this shit up. Like, that's not life. Like, ugh. Yeah, there's no solution. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if you guys like David or Russell. I like Silver Linings Playbook, but I liked, I, I feel like the first two halves 
were so high for me and then the last half took it away that now it just is average like i'm glad it exists but i'm like that's not how mental illness works you don't just find <laughs> right. a more mentally ill person and dance and it's good like you gotta <laughs> it's hard you gotta work through it <sighs> but um uh well speaking of uh a mental illness no um i well i <laughs> There well, is, this, yeah. I am going somewhere with this because I <laughs> started this podcast when I didn't grow up um, with a lot of access to therapy or understanding it. And it wasn't really until I went to New York and college and comedy that I started going to therapy and understanding like how important mental health is. And so yeah. that's sort of where this podcast came from was how, um, just how the relief I would feel talking to a therapist or, you know, in general, someone, a third party about how I was feeling. So that's where this idea came from about confessing. Um, so yeah. I like to ask, and everybody has a different background, but like whatever you're comfortable sharing, what's your experience with therapy? Like, do you love it, hate yeah. it? And you know, there's really, we've had all sorts of answers. So don't feel like there's a right or wrong, but just to get yeah. your background. I, my, so my mom is a psychiatric nurse. Ooh. Um, and she got into that, um, Later in life, she started as like an RN um, mm -hmm. and and then went back to school and like and got into uh, psychiatry and now works at the Department of Veterans Affairs in Cleveland to oh, like wow. deal with 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 um, vets and, and going through, you know, what what they go yeah. through. Um, uh, and um, but for me, my my personal relationship to therapy has always been like a. I only I only got into therapy for the first time this year, like in the, in the last oh, 2020. twelve months. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah. so virtual was your introduction. Yeah, well, no, I um. Or pre pandemic uh, with, or with, with the last the last actual twelve months. So like oh, okay. before everything shut down, we were meeting in person, um, and wow. I'm in couples therapy with my wife as well. So oh, like, nice. there's I'm doing <laughs> individual yes. therapy and doing couples and like sort of full I've jumped into sort of a lot of inward uh, exploration in a, in a way that uh, is uncomfortable and I hate and also <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know. I mean well first of all no, I love that no I always I mean I've had for someone who last year at one point not a joke had four therapists well one yeah. was a psychiatrist so they these were all different people that were doing different things but um I say normalize having a team uh this was before, I mean, I had a manager, but I did not have an agent. And I was just like, my team's working hard for me. But <laughs> that's a stupid industry joke. Um, but truly, I know, yeah, I think the more, just like if you were um, like, okay, let's use the physical, because mental health is to me just as important as physical health. And in fact, it shouldn't even be separated. It's kind of connected. Yeah, it's, it's all. It's in your body. So, But, yeah. <laughs> you know, when people are like, oh, I'm training for, you know, uh, let's say training for a marathon, then you might be, you have your like different coaches and your different trainers. Can you tell I don't work out? Because I'm like, you've got your <laughs> arm coach and you know, you've got your leg coach. You've got, you know. I don't work out at all. So all of this seems <laughs> accurate to me. <laughs> is that the, not what people do? <laughs> the idea is that it's not strange to have multiple trainers, right? And that's mm -hmm. pretty normal if you're like, oh, I go to this guy and that guy, I've got my soul cycle and i feel like therapy should be like that and, and so i think it's we should normalize that and i think that's great like it makes sense you would go to couples therapy with your wife and then have a different therapist for one-on-one -on -one because those yeah. are two separate things it's like you wouldn't have your dentist operate on your eyes 
So you're right. Yeah. That would be so strange, but also, <laughs> but it would be a fish. You know, there's a time where you're like, God, I got to go to a separate doctor for just my feet. Like it's like, what yes, at a certain <laughs> point, I do think we are all being a little bit scanned by the mental health industry. And I did tell this to my psychiatrist who half agreed with me and then said, it's not really my expertise to tell you any advice because I because she I have a theory that I'm I won't get too into this but really quickly uh, that allergies are in the next 20 years hopefully hopefully not longer than that we'll figure out is way more connected to our bodies than like mental health depression anxiety even like skin problems than yeah. we think yeah. because it's it's literally the immune system and that's like the thing that functions. But yet, most people don't go to allergists. It's not even a main care provider. And then when you do go, it's so separate. So I told my psychiatrist this because I was trying to put together all the things that was happening to me in quarantine, even mm -hmm. though they were, I was like, this is like whack-a-mole. Like, I, I like <laughs> go to this and, and I'm like, they're all connected. Right. And I told her and I was like, is there any way I can like kind of like get us all on a call? <laughs> or like, just to be like, I think this is connected. And she was like, no, but you know, you can... There, there are like holistic alternative medicines if that's what you want. And I was like, wow, condescending, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, she then asked me if I would be interested in medication and suggested an antihistamine. And I was like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> do you know what an antihistamine is? It's an, a it's an yeah. allergy medicine. And she's yeah. like, yes, I understand. But this is also used to prescribe like insomnia and trouble sleeping. And I was like, bitch. I didn't say that. I was very respectful. <laughs> but that's what you were like. But on the inside, you were like, that's what you were like. I was respectful, but I was like, <laughs> I know you have a PhD, but you do, you agree, right? Like, this system is making you not allowed to tell me things because it's not officially proven. But come on, come on. These are connected. Yeah. <sighs> so I, th I hope in 20 years we figure it out, at least. Yeah. I hope it's in exactly 20 years. Maybe <laughs> less than that. I give it 20 because 10 feels too, like, I mean, yeah, I guess I've almost been doing comedy for 10 years and I'm like, not enough time to figure out depression. Like, Yeah. Don't, I don't foresee that being figured out, but maybe. Um, so your mom's a second. Okay. I feel like I got too excited about, there's no. like just so much I want to talk to you about. And I'm. Yeah. Well, I, it's just, I brought that up just because like, it feel it to me. It feels I, I've sort of had a a weird relationship with with therapy for myself, which is why mm -hmm. it took me so long to to get into it. I've always felt like I've, I I should go, you know. Uh, but I brought up what my mom does just because it has been such a big part of my life. Like it's been in my life in this yeah. way. Um, but like, but I never ex explored it for myself. Until, I I think I went to like one therapist once in like 2008 2009 or something you know and then mm. never went back to him and then never uh uh attempted it again until until now um was it know, something it, that uh because in your family if your mom worked in the field i imagine um it wasn't like a you know an, an unknown or like it wasn't something she discouraged you going to so where no. was it more just like where did it come from, the resistance? I'm just curious. I don't know. I think, I mean, I do think that I had, like, as much as this is the, um, one of the, like, main things that people talk about as the, like, the the bad way to think about therapy of, but, mm. like, I, I think I always thought that, like, oh, I can get over it. Or, like, I, you know, 
understand how I work mm -hmm. enough, you know, like I know who I am kind of thing, except like, I don't know, who, like the idea of knowing who I am feels like <laughs> such a strange <laughs> thing to, to say too for me. Um, but I think that I've just often had that, um, that POV. I also, I also generally don't like doctors and finding out I'm like I always feel like I'm mm. gonna find out something's wrong with me <laughs> you know like sure, sure. if I go to the doctor something's wrong with me if I go to the therapist something's they're gonna tell me something's wrong with me <laughs> like uh so I've always been like a, I think I've been sort of afraid to to take that leap yeah well I understand that I mean and that's not uncommon at all and that is especially talking about growing up in the 90s how sitcoms made therapy seem so even yeah I think it only in the last couple of years have I even normalized saying mental illness. And even that I'm like, we should change yeah. that. That's still, it's just like everyone, if you don't, if you're not mentally ill, you might be way more mentally ill. Than, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? If you're like, not, then you are. Because like. it's like, when I hear someone say they're going to therapy or have at least one therapist, then I'm like, they're treating it. And when someone's like, I don't need it. I'm like, oh, you have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's okay everyone's on their own time but I I do uh yeah I totally that resonates with me because growing up I it wasn't even a thing it wasn't until I was in a crisis that I started going and now I realize I can be preventative about these I don't have to wait for the crisis I can try to get the tools to avoid these like you know breakdown moments so that's what I've yeah. loved about it but I know the system's not good yet so I do want to acknowledge that there's a lot of hard ropes to uh, get through in trying to get help mentally. And then also, yeah. even when you're on a path, like, I feel like I have resources and I'm still like, hmm, <laughs> the, the I've, I've, ex I've graduated. There's no, uh, there's no le next level that I can take, but there should be, cause I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, I love that. So it seems like you're getting comfortable talking about your life and yourself. So I'm curious, James, is there anything yeah. you would like to tell me? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how big of a confession this is, but this is something <laughs> that I held on to for a long time and rarely talk about. Uh, uh -huh. But um, it's I, <laughs> I graduated in 2008, but I'm the class of 2017. <laughs> Wait, you so I had a high college. I had a graduation at a college graduation ceremony in 2008, but I'm the I'm actually Whoa, the class so you're of 2017. A boy genius. <laughs> no. Wait. I was of age in 2008 of to actually graduate school. I just was not actually done. I had oh. the ceremony. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. I flipped. My it, but family still. flew out. Everybody watched. <gasps> it was like I got. I got handed a you know a fake uh -huh. piece of paper with nothing on it. <laughs> okay. I see. So you did the thing, and then you finished the course. I mean, I didn't finish school for another ten years. Wow. <laughs> okay. Where Where did you go to school? I went to Marymount Manhattan. Oh, College. nice. Okay, so you were right in New York. Um, uh, well, obviously you were pursuing your dream and quite successfully. So I feel <laughs> like looking back, I'm sure that this, there were reasons for this and it seems hopefully the right reasons, but curious. There were no good reasons for it. Okay. Well, so, so tell me what, yeah. So tell me, was it that like, was it like a ridiculous, like one class left and you're like, I'll get it this was done. One class left. It's exactly what oh it my was. Goodness. I had one class to do. I, and I was just a bad student. Like I um, didn't finish it while I was in school. Mm -hmm. Like I, 
I didn't try to get help from the teacher until like the last few weeks of, of class. And he was like, bro, you haven't done anything. Was <laughs> like, it hard um, or boring or what would you just It was boring. Okay. <laughs> and then I ended up taking, cause it was one of those like, um, it was one of those like, uh, it was, we had like general education courses. I think we, we called them core curriculum. So it's like, oh, yeah. you had to take a class like a lit class, okay. you know, and you have to take it, you know, it was like that sort of uh, thing and, uh, or whatever the category was, but I ended up taking, it was like, I was in a class on Irish literature <laughs> and drama and I just didn't, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And then that, oh. it, I ended up taking, and it was not the exact same class, but I ended up taking a class on James Joyce to graduate. So I ended up still <laughs> taking an Irish <laughs> ah, literature class. Gotcha. Uh, Andrada, uh, isn't Beckett Irish? Uh, wait. Is Be- isn't Samuel Beckett? Yes, yes. Beckett is is Irish. Although and that we... class sounds like it might be too boring to actually get into the fun. Well, stuff. I but I like Beckett. No, I we like weren't... Beckett too. That's why I was curious. I was surprised when you said. But then I was like, if I saw Irish literature on a catalog, I don't know that I would have thought Beckett or I... thought to take it. The, the, the works I think actually were interesting, you know, and once I actually took this class on, on just James Joyce, I was like, I'm interested in all of it. Like everything Uh that I read was like, not boring, you know, (laughs) but I just think that I was like, at the time, (laughs) at the time I was just like, man, I ain't trying to do this Uh right now. I got other, and then it was crazy because the guy who taught that class was the guy who ended up reading our section of names so i was like i was like he knows i didn't (laughs) like this guy knows i didn't graduate but he like called my i was like is he gonna call my name is he gonna (laughs) skip over me is he he has like a personal Um, vendetta yeah wow um so were you were you studying acting that's an acting school right yeah i said well it would say you know i went to school for acting you can there are other all the it was a college and all the other majors were available to me but um, i imagine that as an act going to school for acting in new york and then being a successful actor i imagine nobody is like wow you're a bad student but i do like i do like talking about that because i grew up with a lot of rules and structures too and thinking that i had to just do the thing told to me and do it well and that would make me good and i think a lot of people are told that because that's what we think we're supposed to do until you grow up and you're like Oh, but successful people don't do that. You have to it's respect so- people, but you also at some point have to be like, okay, I realize why these rules are here and they're not for me. Um, and so that's why I wanted to like kind of break that down a bit because you did use those words, bad student. And I think you were kind yeah. of joking and I, I would have said no, the same No, I'm a bad, I, wa- I am a bad student. Why do <laughs> like you say I- that? Because I, as a person looking at someone who studied acting, would say you are a model student. Oh, wow. Okay. Because you well, are a successful actor, and that's what people go to school right. for acting. Well, and it's I, you funny, know, you're too, on though, your because... Way, you're, like, on TV and doing stuff. I would say if I was in right. school getting straight A's, that means nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm right, curious why right. you say you're a bad student. Yeah, okay. Well, so I think that at the time, I was, I was a good acting student. <laughs> like, I cared about those classes Uh and did my did the work there you know um and like am a type of person who's like you know i get a script and i'm interested in you know dissecting the the you know the the character and and like and that sort of thing but like 
I never cared about papers. I never, you know, mm. <laughs> I never cared about, um, you know, making sure I was in class uh, in uh, like in my other classes on on time or like or even just, th- you know, like I didn't care about everything else. I can't, I, mm. you know, so like I was bad. I was just not a good student <laughs> in that way. You Were know? your teachers, <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is more for exercise. I, I, I this is not uh, in a challenging way, but I really am. Please. I've been thinking so much about the way we use language. And so this is a, for me, like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to dissect it because did you learn, did you feel like you learned in the classes you wanted to learn things? And did you feel like you went to school and learned what you wanted to? Yes, I, I do. Yeah, I do, I do feel that way. And then I think <laughs> the definition of a student is to be the learner. It sounds a little bit, I'm not saying it's all on the school or the teacher because there's a lot of students to pay attention to, but sounds like you may have also had bad teachers because right. it's sounding like you were <laughs> treating the classes not like depending on the class and the subject, you would either pay attention or not. And of course, there's you know something to be said of like following rules and do it no matter what. But right. at the same time, <laughs> like you weren't across the board a bad student because you said the stuff you cared about, you wanted to learn. So that's true. I mean, that <clears throat> that's true. I could, I can, that does sort of make me think differently about like whether or not I'm a good or bad student. <laughs> right. But like, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, dotting every I and crossing every T, I didn't do that. But like, but yeah, I did. I was a, I was a good student when I cared about the, Mm-hmm. the work I guess right like yeah <laughs> I can relate to that a lot because I I had ADHD well I have ADHD but I didn't get diagnosed till last year it's interesting that you went to therapy last year for the first time because November last year was when I officially started treatment for ADHD but known for a oh, while because wow. my twin sister had it like diagnosed a few years ago and it's mm-hmm. classic ADHD manner it took me a very long time to go through the hoops to also get the <laughs> diagnosis even though I was like genetically but yeah um but it explained a lot because I used to think that I was bad too and Mm -hmm. I would always just do well enough to still be good because I did care like my family was really really like I just would I felt so much shame if I didn't do well but I didn't feel like it was easy or that I wanted to do well it was always to get the grade and then what I really cared about was the things I wanted to learn so I would do extracurriculars and theater looking back I'm like that's what school is for is to learn so it's so strange that I felt like getting grades good grades was taking away from the stuff I wanted to learn so that's why I bring that up because I think I think this is changing a bit with the internet and people um young people being able to talk to each other but I never saw it that way as an adult that like Clearly, I learned a lot, but not not because of the grades. Like the grades <laughs> right. were just to get the grades and move on, and then mm-hmm. I could go learn the things I wanted to. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I I just think that's an interesting way to put it. But so, why did it take ten years though? If it was one class. I mean, well, <clears throat> money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like. Ended Wait, so up... do you have to pay to stay <clears throat> matriculated, or you can just come back and? <clears throat> no, you could. You could come back. I think there was like. Um, 
I think what essentially happened was like, <laughs> I signed, I probably signed up for a couple classes that I didn't have money for. So then I would have to drop. So you did it. Those. You tried multiple times. It wasn't like you did. Yeah. Think about yeah. It, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't like, um, I, I only attended, I want to say, I think post 2008, I think I maybe attended two classes one of them being the one in 2017 that i <laughs> that i <laughs> uh, finished and then another one being one that like i also was just like Ugh, i don't have time <laughs> i don't have time for you i'm not doing this class you know um uh and and then after that like money started to become a real problem like having i think to take one class like it was maybe yeah. 3k or maybe 5k yeah. or something like just having that at one time was just yeah. proving itself to be impossible and like, uh, you know, and like I had terrible credit, so like I couldn't get a loan for the for the for the amount, you know. So it was just like, it just took it just took a really long time for me to do. It. And then also just, then there was a certain point where it was like, um, the money became an excuse, and time was the other mm -hmm. thing of like, oh, like I just don't have time. I just don't feel, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, so then my other follow-up question is, because all this time I know you were doing comedy and moving along, why did you feel like you needed to go get the degree? Yeah, I mean, I, like, it It, it was almost never a problem to not have it. Like, mm -hmm. oftentimes job, jobs wouldn't check, you know? So, mm -hmm. like, I would say I graduated in 2008 in job interviews and stuff, and, like, it uh -huh. never was a, it never was a problem. I, I ended up actually taught at a college without having wow. a college degree That's for awesome. a, uh, a semester, um, uh, you know, but they, but I, but, but that was an instance of being like, I have to tell you this, uh -huh. you know, like most of the, most of the time I would just like, only if they ask, I'll say something, you know? Yeah. But um, it's like, you did like 98% of the degree, but just because you didn't get the degree, it's like, yeah. Like any adult who understands what that means and wants you yeah. there is going to be like, yeah, it's fine. Cause we already want you here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think I ultimately got it because like primary, my mom mm. who was like the co-signer on most of my uh, <laughs> co college loans, just being like, I just really wish I could see your degree. Oh, you know, I want, I sweet. want your degree. And there was a period of time where like, there was a long time where I was like keeping that reality from her that like, I didn't mm. graduate. Yeah. Cause um, you said they came out and, and they didn't know when they came to watch. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No one knew at the time of graduation that I, I knew <laughs> no one yeah. else knew. <laughs> um, and then I, I think, I think I held on to it for a couple years before I told my So my they were mom, just like, wait, with the empty frame, like we're going to frame it when <laughs> yeah. it gets in. How yeah. come they haven't sent it yet? I haven't um, got it yet. Um, my, because some stuff is happening because they, and there was like stuff that I could like lie and say, like I, I tried transferred schools. And so there were credits that needed to be counted that they like weren't counting. And I was going to need to contest, like mm. contest those because like, otherwise it, it would mean like, taking acting one again after uh, having finished every, you know, it was like, they're still no, they counting the to, votes, you know, they're not they all in to. yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll count the legal so, like, credits I, when they get in. <laughs> I did say that for a while. And then I just finally like fessed up. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then I think eventually um, it got to a point where like I was working enough that I felt like I could 
pay in installments my like I still needed to pay on they were like loan I like owed the school money mm-hmm. and like I couldn't register until I paid the school back there was like all there was a lot of like money yeah. stuff happening but then once I was able to like clear that up um and then it was like oh yeah now I feel like I have like a a few dollars to actually pay for for mm. school um you know and just wanted to like I wanted to show my mom the degree and I wanted to be like yeah I I finished that one class I, I actually all of this money wasn't for nothing you know? <laughs> well that is nice because there's something nice about checking something off even if you know like okay I don't have to yeah how at did this you... point it didn't matter yeah, yeah. It didn't, 2017 it didn't matter to have a BFA in acting anymore <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it ever really mattered no I'm just kidding I, no that. but it, 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 it mattered at the time you know 2008 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know to have a BFA in acting that that point it would have meant something and sure. I would have felt like I accomplished this thing yes, you know for you but I, I, yeah I think I'm saying more like I have a BFA in screenwriting and it has never mattered <laughs> any, right yes any no. uh any place uh, yeah, that no, I'm I trying to work um but uh that's neither here nor there um how did you feel when you finished this class really good I felt so good I felt like I was like wow I'm actually I couldn't believe that I was reading James Joyce and enjoying myself because of the, <laughs> be, just because of the, of the other class, like being so disinterested yeah. at that time. Um, and then like, just to be done uh, felt, it just felt like a uh, great to finally, to finally do it and finally have that, like to not have that. I like stopped having those. I mean, I still have them sometimes, but like for a really long time, I was having those, like you didn't finish middle school dreams like oh uh-huh. something is left oh, something something something's left on your middle school report that you didn't do and you didn't fit you know like wow. I was like I would I would have these really weird you know d- your subconscious like was telling you it's like hey <laughs> yeah. you never um, cut me like, a car. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh shit like me as an adult going back to middle school and sitting in classes oh, with like God. a bunch of children you know like I just but I, that's an Adam Sandler movie yeah, exactly. exactly. Pitch the reboot now. Holy <laughs> Madison. Um, that's really cool. I think in a weird way, I, I feel like quarantine has, because I've been spending so much time alone, I've in a weird way been like, I call it reprogramming. That sounds like a cult thing, but I swear I'm not about to have you join a cult. But I've been reprogramming myself in that, like, I also have, like, these, like, negative patterns from childhood and a lot of things where I feel like things... I have no choice or it has to be this way. And then I've slowly, because I have more time, started to, you know, tackle one at a time. But the feeling you describe of like that, like that good feeling, that's like a positive pattern that over time when you have more of those of like oh, doing something that was hard and then feeling good about it, it starts to be exciting to do, the, do it the next time. Like even when mm-hmm. it's hard, you're like, oh, I remember that feeling at the end of it. So those moments actually help um, – I feel like in a way reprogram you to want to like do all the stuff you want to do. And then all the things you don't want to do, it's easier for you to draw the line and be like, no, I don't want to do this. Not because I it's don't want to do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it actually helps like eliminate these, like the, the sort of outside pressure where you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or what I'm supposed to do. It starts to give your, like that feeling you said of finding yourself or knowing who you are. You start mm-hmm. to find that in those moments, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, I, it's funny that you say James Joyce because I don't know if you know this, but James Joyce has like a, a book of like, it's not his book, but someone published a bunch of his letters that he wrote. Have you heard of this? 
Um, I might. Okay, if there's time at the end, I'll go grab it upstairs. But it's like really dirty. Like it's like love letters, but like sexy letters that he's written yeah, to like his. Yeah, I feel lovers. like I think we talked about. Oh, okay, this. maybe we did. I think I want to say yeah. we did, but I mean, I don't think it's something that I have read. But I, I, I feel okay. like that feels right. To it's me. wild. Like, yes, um, <laughs> I, I was curious because I, I think I saw an article about it. Like I didn't like it was. I think the Atlantic or some some bigger uh, publication published some excerpts, mm-hmm. and then I got curious and found a secondhand copy and bought it. So I have a copy. So if we have time at the end, I'll, I'll read to the readers or to the listeners too because there's some weird stuff in there. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't actually – that's my confession. I've never actually read Ulysses. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> never well, fully read – the mean... only James Joyce I've read is Naughty Letters. <laughs> 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 and honestly, you you know more about him from reading that than probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his questions. Well, so I did want to talk a little bit about like the plays because I just love um, absolutely that you respond to the chairs. Um, so <laughs> I obviously you studied theater, so I'm I'm guessing that you have a background in theater, but but you also I feel like have a specific uh, interest if I'm not wrong, with absurd plays? and yeah. I mean, I, um, when I, when I was heavy into theater, yes. And in, when I was in, when I was in New York and doing theater, um, I, I would have cons- considered my home this experimental uh, theater in New York called uh, Target Margin Theater. I did, I did like four or five, plays there and like and like workshops and stuff um uh, for like a period of like four or five years um with these are original plays or what were you in so what what the (laughs) what the um mission of the theater is is to is is they would ask like what is a play like what is a play like what defines a play you know so we would often do classical works uh but in an insane like (laughs) i the last full play i did there or no this may be been the second to last but we were all in like blue leotards with sparkly uh multicolored man group (laughs) it was the blue man it was the blue man group and so (laughs) um uh but like we you know didn't we we looked insane uh-huh. and we had glitter all over our, our faces and like um, would do a lot of like uh, weird physicalities mm. and like, and you know, the scenes would be weirdly deconstructed. And, and, and so, so in, anyway, <laughs> I say all that to say, like, I loved that. And Wait, then what in was school, the classical like, part of that? Or what, what was it? Oh, so like we would do like the plays were like, the, the plays were just like all from like the 1800s. Okay. And so the first play I did was actually a Shakespeare. It was, um, it was the Tempest. Oh, I love um, uh, and then, and then the later play, I think they also d- ended up doing like Uncle Vanya and mm. like, um, it's interesting because you know. for non, I mean, cause I, I went to school downtown New York and, um, that's, I think you saying like, it's crazy, whatever. I understand what you're saying, but, that is like 
not uncommon for even mainstream New York. Like the Woos, I w- one of the first places I saw in New York was the Wooster Group doing Hamlet mm-hmm. 2.0. Or do you know mm-hmm. the Woos- yeah. they, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, and, and it was like, but that, but that kind of, I mean, I know that's more like, like <coughs> uh, yeah, even within theater, it's like Hollywood where there's like, the Oscar-worthy weird cool stuff, but it's not yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's exactly. like, ah, the very, the social justice piece of the ear, but it's like, but there's, if you actually look, there's a lot of much better, uh, more importantly, authentic stories. Not that the big ones aren't important, but the plays, right. play world is kind of like that. It's like, oh, wow, the deconstruction of this. And then you're like, yeah, yeah but go to a basement where people are screaming mm-hmm. and there's two people in the audience. It's the same vibe, but right. less money involved. <laughs> Right. I mean, but that's the whole thing of like, of there was Broadway and then there was off Broadway and off Broadway was where the real crazy work was going. And then now off Broadway is elevated. So there's uh-huh. off, off Broadway, but even, but, and Worcester group, I think is like, they're off or off, off, right? Like, aren't they like, they were at the <laughs> so, public theater. So I don't know how, right. So then they, they were, but... so then it was like, they, they, they would, uh, a, a, something that would be considered off off mm-hmm. you know is like is elevated to being yeah. not the public you know yes yes, <laughs> yes. it's very so much like um NPR, npr vibes of uh or you know pbs where it's like ah oh, like soft yeah. to- dulcet tones of we appreciate this art yes um, <laughs> it's they're, not they're, how, they're I, doing three productions of hamlet at the same time isn't that amazing <laughs> I, I, okay this you made me think of a memory i haven't thought of forever but i went to see my friend's b-boy group god what was it called i i think they were called god i should know because it was they, they kind of broke up but i knew one of them because one of my <laughs> weirdly residents was dating one of them but um but they're like you know they were doing like ciphers and stuff and i knew them out in la just like from uh, just practicing but they got a show at the joyce and mm. i went to watch them and it was the weirdest experience because i <laughs> never seen breakdancing on in a theater like that and it was really yeah. cool but there were moments when i was just used to like i'm just used to like screaming and throwing my shoe and yelling and people <laughs> right. were sitting and they were like hyping and doing all this stuff and yes. it was so straight I'd be i like, just saw it <laughs> Yeah, because you want to be like, yeah, like, it's just like, that's the vibe. And then everyone's like, I just saw a a vampire cowboy show. It was the last thing I saw before, before COVID happened. I just saw a vampire cowboy show at the Geffen, I want to say is where it was. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this big proscenium theater and there, and, and, you know, and Vampire Cowboys is really, they're like, they're just doing the, I mean, they're, they're off Broadway, but they're doing the, like, just the strangest work. Mm. Like, and it, it was like a, a, it was like hip hop infused and like, <laughs> there were puppets and like, it was, it was just so <laughs> wild. But then the crowd, it was like a Sunday matinee of like, just old people like watching and like, kind of very calmly, <laughs> night that's not you know like just it's always so odd when you when you (laughs) mix those things but like but it's good for the exposure of that sort of of what would be underground yeah I think that's that's the truth it is we it is good to be mainstream but to be there in the transition can be very strange uh yeah and and it was a weird moment um yeah because it's it's like that merging of the world like you're even back to your good confession it's like 
you are in both worlds and then you're yeah. watching them meet each other. It's not mm -hmm. that you are in one and then you're meeting like, like I took my residence to see that and I was an RA. So I was very much in that world that I was in. I was in NYU RA taking my residence. Like, yes, there's a certain structure and you know, it's nice little frilly walls and pr protective nest of being in college and getting free tickets to go see, you know, dance. And then to yeah. <laughs> be like, Oh, they're merging. Like, this is strange. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but, um, okay. I, I love that. I, okay. I, I wanted to, okay. <sighs> I'm trying to pick what to talk about. Cause there's so many things I'm curious about, like with your plays, but, um, so what's your favorite playwright? I am just curious. Uh, well, my favorite, my favorite playwright is August Wilson. Um, oh my God. I p piano lesson was one of the first, I d went to theater camp when I was like, 11 and we did yeah. uh the piano lesson and yeah, yeah i still we randomly made up a song to it and i still when i hear august wilson i sing the song in my head which mm -hmm. yeah yes yeah. I, I piano lesson is the, the there's a ghost in that one right yeah <laughs> okay all right just just making sure because they at this point now it's been a while since i've uh you know we went back and, and reread but um I, it's scary. Like the end of piano <laughs> lesson is terrifying. It's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> um, I guess it is. I always thought it cause it, it is, but it's like, it, it builds to this moment that yeah, is yeah. very emotional, but mm -hmm. interesting. How, how old were you when you first read it? Cause I, maybe I missed the fear because I was I so recently young. saw a production of it, um, recently, hmm. uh, uh, I want to say three years ago. The ending of it was like, it was like, Oh wow, this is, they like figured out a way to like, you know, when the, when the ghost shows up of like really making it in the environment mm. and, uh, Oh, cool. uh, you know, in the in the way they lit it and everything. Anyway, Wait, where did you I see and Fences, it? Was it in... Fences is my favorite oh, Fences. play. <laughs> but did you see? Uh, I mean, because I I know you lived in New York, so I'm guessing you got to see like a really good production of. Was it on Broadway? It was off Broadway. That's yeah, so cool. It was off Broadway. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah some of the a lot of play. I realize a lot of um, plays I read before I saw, which I do like doing that, and because but when you see it first, you get the full scope, which is cool, and then going back to read it and I don't know if it takes away but I I love that when I went to New York for school I was able to like see stuff that I saw. yeah really my cool. biggest regret is like missing seeing Felicia Rashad and um Del Delroy Lindo I think ended up leaving but um in in Gem of the Ocean which was mm. one of his last uh place uh uh it, it, and it's really good i've i've never seen a production of it i've only read it um uh and there there are ghosts in that and you know. <laughs> so take it you like ghosts so i love ghosts um <laughs> ghosts are my that that's actually why i like oxalism because of ghosts um, <laughs> no, that's, that's um yeah, it's funny that that was the first thing you said because i'm like that is true but it's not even how I classify a lot of the ghost Shakespeare's, but there are three Shakespeare's with ghosts and people are always like, these are the ghost Shakespeare's. Yeah. These are the ones with the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Just because there is a, there is a, there's spirituality to, mm -hmm. to all of them, you know, all of his, all of August Wilson's plays, you know, and like, and, but for there to be a literal ghost, you know, that moves, mm -hmm, the piano. that plays the, he played the ghost plays the piano, you know, and, 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 uh, and you know moves 
at least in this production of the, of it, you know, like opens and closes cabinets yeah. and stuff, you know, and like a, a, is you know, to for there to be a, you know, and there's there's people that live for over uh, over hundreds of years uh, mm -hmm. in 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 his play in his plays and like people that uh, do voodoo and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. so like there is mysticism, um, but it becomes shocking when when things are real, like. Uh, King Hadley the uh, second is one of is one of his, and I've I've both seen a production and also read it. I read it before I saw it, and I I haven't read that one, but I it's uh -huh. it's very good. Okay. But I while I was reading it, I like hate, I was like this is boring. I'm not <laughs> interested in it. But throughout the play, the guy who's sort of narrating it, uh -huh. um, is like he wants to raise a cat from the the dead and he needs the blood of a he says something like it's called king Henry the second he says something like he needs royal blood in order to mm. raise the cat from the dead and so the whole the whole play he's like talking about this and then uh headley gets shot he falls on the grave he bleeds onto it and then we hear a cat meow and that's oh the my end God, I love <laughs> and that. like and i got to that and i was just like this is the greatest thing i've ever read you know and i was <laughs> it built to it so it's sometimes that's what tips me over is yeah. like when the when the mysticism of the plays becomes something that's like it's now in the physical world yes. like it is it does work it is real you know <laughs> you know what's so interesting because i i like when you're saying that i realize like yeah i think um Okay, I'm trying to like put this thought together because right now it's like I know a thing and I can't put it in a sentence. But the idea, because August Walton is a realist playwright in the sense that like <laughs> he, the plays are existing in the real world; they're not absurd. Yeah. But then there is magical realism, and <laughs> then on the other hand, you have extreme like absurdist like Ionesco, where words don't make sense. But yeah. it is like people love to say it's like absurdist or you know postmodern, whatever. But it it is real because it's people. It's like, and you do not, you're, wa you're sitting there watching something happen. It's not actual chaos and it's scripted and blocked. But what I love about that is I think as a writer and comedian and, you know, uh, liking rap and S Club 7, you can probably see how they're not that different. But yeah. from the outside, there is this like categorization of writing. Mm -hmm. And so I love that your favorite playwright is August Wilson, but also that you love absurd plays because they're really not that different it just uses one to highlight the other like the realism yeah. of august wilson highlights that spiritual spirituality and mysticism you're talking about mm -hmm. whereas the absurdness in ionesco highlights the human emotion and the real right. feeling that you get at the end of the play so yeah i and sometimes you know to people that that poo poo absurd is absurdist plays. It's like, you know, so I, I have found that sometimes I am more moved by watching an absurdist play than I am by watching like a kitchen sink drama or something, you know, like just watching people, you know, in their home talking and dealing with the, the, you know, the everyday life. I, I find sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I'm not as, <laughs> as interested in that, you know, than when I am with like someone standing with their head on a ball and they're barking, you know, mm -hmm. and like what that really means is, yeah. you know, how men are dogs, and, you know, or whatever. <laughs> well, it's intention because I think um, you can feel the artist's intention when there is and you feel that raw emotion. And of course you can interpret it how you want and that's uh, that's the part where you bring you into it. 
I think yeah. people who don't like, well, this is a theory. I have no b- facts to back it up. So please at me if you're a scientist or know anything about this. But <laughs> I think people who don't like absurdist plays or have a visceral feeling, not just like I'm bored by it, but like, oh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Don't spend enough time um, outside of their ego or looking at their reflecting on their subconscious. Cause yeah. like in a way these absurdist plays are taking away the ego part, the, the surface of like understanding, but they get to a deeper part of you. And if you are in touch with that part of yourself, it's much more enjoyable to watch a play like that. Cause it, that part's what, activated, you know, what are dreams, if not absurdist plays <laughs> that we have in our head every single yes, night. Oh my God, true. Like last night I had the weirdest dream and it's the it's the oddest dream i've ever had in terms of like you know when people describe dreams they're like it was my childhood Mm -hmm. uh dentist who was you know like or whatever Mm -hmm. okay so (laughs) yesterday (laughs) yesterday i saw people that i haven't seen since my days of uh house managing in new Uh york and um and i've house managed at a bunch of different and worked front of house at a bunch of different theaters and then also i've been thinking a lot about how netflix canceled astronomy club (laughs) recently so so last night i (laughs) i had a dream where the signature theater company Uh in in new york it's a it's a big complex now with three with three um different theater spaces and so i had i had this dream where i was back there house managing but the complex was hosting uh netflix premieres the complex ooh, leveling up there (laughs) right and my boss was my boss from a from another theater in new york from (laughs) who a boss who fired me uh for being like late to 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 work so it was like this weird thing of like and i it was this weird thing where i was dealing with that old boss in an old place that i used to in a different place i used to work that was that made me also confront the guy who ran Netflix. Wow. <laughs> like he was like, there were just like so many things swirling and it's just like, those are the ingredients of an absurdist yes. play. Like they <laughs> all of these things, things that are together. incongruous. You're right. And dreams do is your brains where I won't get too into this now because we're, we're towards the end. But um, <laughs> if you're curious, you should look up EMDR, but um, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but it's trauma therapy that kind of uses what, dreams do to help you process trauma but dreams do that in a way to help you process the memories and emotions of the day and that is kind of what art is meant for so you're very very cl- like that's much more scientific i think than you realize um yeah but wait you okay i have a couple more play questions and then i because i'm sure. like i didn't know you worked Absolutely. at the signature theater i'm pretty sure that's where i saw albi do yeah. um peter and jerry or he did they did zoo story mm-hmm. and yeah then, yeah the zoo this uh, and i got to were you there? What did they call the zoo story? Peter and Jerry is what they called the, yeah. It was two one acts. And he, Mm -hmm. my teacher at the time was friends with him because she's old and teaches at NYU. So of course, and I love Albie. And so she got, let us, uh, I mean, rest in peace, but, um, we did a talk back with him with just our class after. And I'll always remember he said this because I then I wrote it down. And for a while I was like, where did he say this? Cause I wrote it in my notebook and it says Edward Albie. And I couldn't find it online, and I realized like he told it to us in person. Yeah, I, <laughs> like you were the only people who heard that. <laughs> I'm sure he said it to other people, but it, I don't think it was published. But the yeah. quote I always remember from him is he said, "I've been writing the same play my entire life." Yeah, 
And I love that because that is often how I feel when I go back, even reading like diary entries or short stories from elementary. I'm like, I was just trying to untangle this big old knot this whole time. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But were you working there during that? So you got to see that? I don't think I worked there during mm-hmm. uh, during Peter and Jerry, but I I was I was at Signature a couple different times. I was an intern during their August Wilson season. That was when I got to see King Headley, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, and then when they opened uh, was. Was Peter and Jerry at at the Pershing Square Center, or was it at their smaller? Um, I can't remember. I was like seventeen it, it, years old. It's yeah, yeah. It, it then it then it must have been at it must have been at um, it's where UCB moved to. That's oh, that's, yeah. I've never been to that theater. I moved away and never. Well, okay, yeah. so it's so wow. um, that I think that's where it was wow. at that point. Um, um, but yeah, so no, I didn't, I didn't see Peter and Jerry when it was there. Um, but what did I see? What all be played while I was there? Cause all be did there, what there wasn't all be played while I was, while I, while I worked there. I can't remember what it was though now. So that's, that's useless, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I useless do like his one. I honestly <laughs> like a lot of his one acts more, but, but I think yeah, most people think of Virginia Woolf, but, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, we did our, we did a production of, I was not in it, but in, in college we did a production of um finding the sun oh i don't know that one very good i love reading i'm gonna i used to go to um shakespeare and co also rip after school and just buy random plays so whenever okay. people when i get i mean i don't have the time now you but just if, stay naming theaters stuff that's dead <laughs> <laughs> it was a book show i once saw rory from um gilmore girls in there i forget her name oh. but um <laughs> she was just looking at plays and I was like, I was like, you know, 17, first year in New York, the kind of now very like, I would groan if I saw me, but <laughs> truly it was like, I'm in school at NYU. I'm going to go buy a play. Oh, look, there's a famous person. Ah, like, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, but that and was this my, is how it'll be forever. Yeah, <laughs> that was my introduction to New York. So I was like, I'm living it. And now I'm like, I'm paying the loan still, <laughs> but, um, yeah, why did I say? Oh, because the play that you said, I'm going to write it down because I, I don't read enough now, but if someone specifically gives me a rec, what was the one that you yeah, said? Yeah, Finding, Finding the Sun. It was, it was really, sun. I liked our production of it, and I thought the play itself was uh, it's good. Dope. Okay, so we're nearing the end, and I know that you and I love to tweet, well, maybe I love to tweet niche references more, and you like to fave them, and you know better than to alienate your audience, uh, but... <laughs> But um, I yeah, I really love exchanging stupid niche references where it's like the Venn diagram of pop culture, almost like in a like a basic way, and then with like <laughs> like literature. Uh, like one of the things I love to say is like always a Hermione or sorry, always a Helen. Wait, always. Wow, I'm getting it wrong. Always a Helena, never a Hermia. But um, <laughs> which I do think they need to make bridesmaids uh, swimsuits. Yeah. Some, someone out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fix up your bachelorette party. Uh, or what's the one from King Lear where it's like, uh, talk not of needs, the basis beggars, are their needs superfluous? And I love to say that when I don't get a text back, like, text <laughs> me back. Um, but this is just a little fun way to sort of let you improvise and get in your head and have some fun with niche references. So yeah. if you have uh, just use whatever you want, any references to sort of like do the lit version of, uh, a, of a, like a, 
I'll just I'll give you a lyric and then you just do the pop the literature okay. version. Okay, so um, let's start with I got ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Classic. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I got ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Um, that immediately makes me think of Macbeth. <laughs> but, but but, but just Macbeth one. saying that, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a bitch is one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I got ninety nine problems, but uh, burning wood ain't one. Or. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Someone, ha- I bet it already exists. Like a, uh, a, a WAP, uh, to like out damn spot or something. There's gotta be. Yes. Wait, someone did. Someone did do that. And I replied to their tweet with more dumb Shakespeare. References. Yes. And I can't, I have to find it, but it'll take it. me too long to find it. But Shakespeare to me, it's so fun because I, when you apply it to modern day things, it's the funnest, but then you really alienate because it's like such a small, there's a lot of people love Shakespeare and a lot of people love Buzzfeed and not that many people uh, are as dig as deep into both of those things. I feel like yeah, (laughs) in a way that is that I hope. Uh, Yeah. I used to have a head of gabbler joke. One of my first stand-up jokes. I might've done it on your show and never worked always bomb, but every like usually (laughs) one person would laugh. And that's at the time who, what I was going for was like, when I first started comedy, who gets this joke? Yeah, it was a little bit more like, you're smart if you get it. And then I was like, oh, the goal is to entertain the pain audience, not to entertain yourself. Um, <laughs> so now I don't do that joke. It's not fair. But, um, okay, cool. So this is a crazy book, which uh, is called Selected Joyce Letters, edited by Richard Elman. I don't even know, like, just the first page I've turned to already has a lot of bad words. That I don't know if I'll read them all. Not bad words. <laughs> I mean, okay, no. But he's I'm not, talking about. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sex shaming, so it's not saying that they're bad words. They're just maybe would be uncomfortable for me to read this to you. So I'm trying to find a less, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a less. Uh, I remember there was one part. Okay, here he calls uh, his his uh, penis his hog. So that's just to give you a little idea of the kind of words he's using. Um, there was one, I, I don't know if I can find it okay. here, but there was one where he's just talking about anal, but he talks about her bum and how she should fart all the time. And okay. Yes. So that's the kind James. of, that's why I was like, I want to, like, it's just, you won't James. believe me. Um, right? Uh, okay, let me see wow. if I can find one that's less. <laughs> it's truly. That's crazy yeah. to me. I mean, it just feels so odd to think. But right? then I'm I'm also remembering though that I felt like he got criticism for being Oh, was he like, like a predator? Oh no. No, no, but like got criticism for being like um for being crass or being I, I might mm. be fully misremembering my class from four years, three years ago, but <laughs> but he, he, I feel like he got that criticism for being like low and like base. You oh know? yeah, well, I'm saying that all of his works are that way, but that that was how some people looked at it. Yeah, because I didn't read his main writing, but this does make me want to read it. There's some sweet things where he just says "I love you," and uh, okay, well, uh, <laughs> I love you and your bum. <laughs> it truly it is. is. Okay, let me see. I'll I'll just bleep out things that I don't want to read. Hopefully, this is not <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll read this because this is <laughs> okay. So Nora Nora Barnacle is the girl, by the way. Nora, Nora Barnacle Joyce. I don't know if they got married. It sounds like 
It sounds like they were long distance for a while, but maybe she <laughs> took her la his last name. You are mine, darling. Mine. I love you. That's nice. All I have written above is only a moment of two or brut of brutal madness. Okay, so above is very, very explicit description of what he wants to do to her. Uh, and then he says, the last drop of seed has hardly been squirted up your cunt before wow. it is over. <laughs> and my true love for you, the love of my verses, the love of my eyes for your strange leering eyes comes blowing over my soul like a wind of spices. My prick is still hot and stiff and quivering from the last brutal drive it has given you when a faint hymn is heard rising in tender pitiful worship of you from the dim cloisters of my heart. Hold up, how dare they publish this? <laughs> Whose idea? One day I can only hope my sex and Snapchats will be <laughs> in a bound also, book. Like, like, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> he goes from being like, it, it barely has squirted up your cunt to like, but the, but the, the glean in your eyes. Are, like, it's like he, it's really he like, does both in a sentence. Oh, it's like, it's so explicit that it's hard to even call it romantic, but it's also not, you can't say he doesn't love her. Like, it's like so encompassing. Nope. Love. It's like, it's like, I, I love you so much. My prick is quivering. And also you're a beautiful <laughs> human being. And I worship you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I wow. just was like, I need to share this. I feel like you'll appreciate. Uh, but yeah, if I anyone's do. curious, that is a, it's by edited by Richard Elman. And I got a secondhand copy. I don't know if they're still in print, but I'm sure you can I find it. I want to get that yeah, actually. I would wild. love to, get like a bounce like a hard mm. cover a hard <laughs> mm, james okay a hard <laughs> cover okay <laughs> well this was so fun thanks for coming on the show um can yeah, you let us me. know your uh your plug your socials or anything you want people to know you know it's just james third comedy anywhere you look that's where i'm at um With a third three is, for the oh sorry yeah okay. three <laughs> for third thank no thank you three rd for third it can be confusing um, sometimes people just straight up don't tag me or, oh, or they'll write James T H E three R D for my name. And it's like, that's not what well, it cause is. It's, uh, in credits, it's the three with like the, you know, the standard one, two, three, yeah, uh, Roman, Roman numeral. numeral. Yeah. I'm like, how do I say Roman numeral? <laughs> um, but yeah, so follow James third comedy on Instagram and Twitter, watch yes, astronomy club, even though Please. Netflix fucked it up and didn't. Netflix you. didn't promote fuck? us in the way I wanted them to, but please a watch show. it because it's there for you to watch until they delete it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's such a good show and we didn't even get into it, but I also love how your character or your, you, but you're the character that Me. you are in it is... Those weren't even lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, because you guys are a group that already improvs together and works together, so it, it, it's super fun to watch you guys um, go like sort of heighten and... Your character is how I've always been in the sketch groups, which is like kind of the neurotic one that's like, hey, everyone, let's do this and owns it. And so it's like it's like almost this idea of like it starts as if you were ever bullied, it's coping. But then you realize if you yeah. can make the bully laugh and you're in on it, everyone's having fun. But there's something right. always so sad when I watch that because I like it's like sad laughing. But yeah. I love it. And then it's the kind of thing that would make a bully laugh and just laugh because like, ha, 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 ha. And then make the bully like, I'm sad, but I like because you get me. So I love it. Um, well, thanks for coming on the show. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod. Follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Nicole. And we're the hosts of the comedy podcast, Dude, That's Fucked Up. Join us every Wednesday for an irreverent discussion on topics such as light cannibalism, a la the Donner Party, JFK's meth dependency, cryptid fanfic, and even pubes. It's available now on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to dtfupodcast.com for more information. You know what's not fucked up? This podcast, you butthole. Eee. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.